Well, good morning, family. It is a good day to be blessed. Amen? We're talking about that. Last three weeks, we've been talking about the subject being a blessing chaser. And we started off with the life of Jacob and how the difference between him and his brother basically was Jacob was pursuing the blessing of the Lord. Like, he was he was passionate about it. He had a lot of problems in his life. He, had a, he, he was far from perfect. But one thing that seemed to be the driving force in his life is he wanted to be blessed of God. And in spite of all those other things that were negative, so many in his life, that one thing um, kept him in a place where eventually um, when we talk about God and we use use the Lord and, and talk about you know who he is, we use the the phrase he is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob became that guy because he was a person who really chased after the blessings of God. And uh, so and then you know last week we talked about how we bring the blessing to our family. And our, that's our, you know, our uh, immediate family, but also our extended family. And how we can be a representative uh, to them before God. And the, you know, they, in fact, that's uh, the term that we use is, is um, that we do identification repentance. We talked about how we identify with our family because we're part of a family. So I can be a representative of my family. And in fact, pursuing that and bringing God's blessing instead of curse. And, and where there has been, in fact, family members that have been maybe devastating the blessing on the family, we can be the ones to bring the blessing to the family. And so I, if you didn't uh, hear that message last week, I encourage you. We had a lot of response from people saying that it was really dramatically changing for them, life-changing for them. So... I encourage you to, to take a look at that. But today, I, um, I want to talk about this element of blessing um, in a way that has to do with um, n- not only the pursuit, but actually kind of the coveting of the blessing of the Lord in our life. And so um, we're going to take a look at a story in the Bible um, that... Um, that, that, that actually about 20 years ago, there was a, um, Bruce Wilkinson wrote a small book that just kind of went wild. It sold, I think, 20 million copies. And people were talking about it all over. And uh, it was about this guy in the Bible who pursued the blessing of God and his prayer. And many of you probably, you know, many of you that were around back then probably would remember it. Today, I want to revisit it in uh, this story, and I, I don't think I've ever really preached on it, but I know that it was preached on a lot back then, 20 years ago, but maybe with a little different angle to it as we take a look at it. The story actually is um, in First Chronicles in chapter number four, and um, it, the, the, um, the setting is um, during the time of the the judges during the time when there was no king in Israel 
this individual story would have been during the time of that, during the judges, when the description of his day was uh, that there was no king in Israel and everyone did what was right in his own eyes, which sounds a lot like today, right? Everybody did what they thought was right in their own eyes and really were not you know, pursuing God's way and God's will in their lives. And this is a culture. It's just, you know, and everybody's kind of off doing their thing and they, have, they make the rules and they make the rules of the, their values and morality and, and uh, you know, what is in fact they think is the right and wrong. All of that is made in everybody's own eyes. And this guy comes to, you know, into this world, that community at that, this time in, 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 in his life. And the story is found, well, the first nine chapters of the book of Chronicles, if you ever really want, uh, you know, something to help you sleep well, you read that and it won't take long till you'll start dozing, even if you're wide awake. It is, it is nine chapters of names, 900 names, 900 names in nine chapters where it just basically is a genealogy saying, and he begat him, and he begat him, and he begat him, and he was the son of, and, and the list goes on, and it's just lists and lists of names. And they're important. I mean, to a, to a Jew in those days, a Hebrew who would be reading that, it's kind of like going through the family album. You know, for them, as they're looking back at their, 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 you know, their line and their family and, you know, and seeing, seeing uh, who was, you know, their great, 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 great grandparent and so forth. Um, but for us, as we go through it, if you're like me, um, I skim through it pretty quickly. But if you, if you don't go there, you would miss one of these wonderful nuggets of truth found right in the middle of it. Because during all these names, it's like the Holy Spirit stops and says, well, I'm going to tell you about this guy. His name is Jabez. And, and instead of just going through, in fact, as it comes, actually, in, in the, this story of Jabez, um, as he's normally given the genealogy and uh, the father-son relationships it doesn't even mention his dad. We don't know who his dad is. And so his, we, we don't even know if his dad's around, if his dad you know, died. He don't, we, we, we would assume because his dad was not mentioned, he probably um, wasn't a great guy because all of them had died, but his name is not mentioned. There might be something about him that kept him out of that list. And so Jabez might have been, you know, he might have been uh, raised by his mom, single parent home. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, let's take a look at this story. And uh, I think we can, the Holy Spirit has something for every one of us. It says in verse nine, now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And, and that should say something about his family too. Because he says, it says, 
why does it make the comparison? He's more honorable than his brothers. Is it because he was just a little bit better than them? Or was there a big distinction? I don't think it would have been mentioned that he's more honorable if he was just a little bit better than his brother. I think there's a difference between him and his brother. And that brothers, that's why it's mentioned, he's more honorable than his brother's. So his family dynamics don't look good. Anybody can relate. Can any of you relate? And the thing about him is that he steps beyond that. He gets above that in his life. And he seems to be a, obviously a pursuer of God. And, uh, and so it says that, um, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now, Jabez means sorrow, pain, or grief. I mean, how would you like that to be your name? Hey, sorrow, come on over here. You're kind of sorry, you know. Oh, there, there's grief coming around the corner. I mean, what can, the, as a kid growing up, that's your name. And I don't, I, I, what's wrong with his mom <laughs> in all this? And she's describing, you know, there, there's a description then of something that had happened and makes mention of something that happened in her life. It says, because I bore him in pain. Now, does that mean that she named him that because her birth was a painful birth? I think if that was the case, every child in Israel would be called Jabez, right? But I think there's more to it than the story that she just was, you know, had pain in childbirth. That in fact, something bigger, in fact, this word pain, which does sometimes mean physical pain, also can mean emotional pain. It can also mean the pain of sorrow. And something could have been going on in her life that I, she identified at the time of the birth of her son. Who knows? I mean, you can kind of speculate, but we don't know what it could be, but we know of a lot of things that could cause great sorrow in people's lives. And she has this sorrow, and she then gives the identity to her son for a lifetime. This is his name. Because he reminds me of the sorrow I went through in my life. So now, here, here's Jabez, who, um, he, it seems like he's sticking out in his family. How many of you, don't, don't raise hands, but how many of you um, are, you, you came out of a family that totally has rejected God, and didn't serve God, and you, though, now have come to know the Lord. And maybe you're still in a kind of the, the, the swarm of a rejection from your family because you made a decision to follow Jesus. And that is a, that is a story of a lot of people who they made that decision to follow Christ and the process meant that there was separation. Jesus said there'd be a sword between you know, mother and father and so forth. And that is true that when Jesus comes into our lives, sometimes there's total rejection. We don't know that that's the full case, but we know one thing, 
that this man somehow, in spite of whatever his family dynamics, has raised up and, and is living above it. And, and uh, some good things are going to happen in his life. And so it says, it says that Jabez prays. And see, Jabez is not defined by his father or lack thereof. He's defined by his prayer. He's changed the way people look at him. And the story at the end of this story is amazing of what God does. But it says in verse 10, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed. So this is a prayer. Oh, that you would bless me, but not just bless me. Bless me, bless me. Bless me indeed. Bless me really good is what he said. Bless me over. Just double bless me, Lord. Bless, bless me. You know, and, and what he's praying for is favor and shalom, peace, and all that, that blessing <coughs> would in, entail in his life. He wants blessing from God. Now, if we were to open the service this morning with prayer and we invited someone up to pray over the service, and as they came up, they said, Oh, God, bless me. Bless me a lot, a real lot, Lord, bless me. We would kind of probably not ask him to come up and pray anymore, but there would probably be some judgment on on him actually praying that kind of prayer. But yet, this man's prayer, God bless me, is not frowned upon by God. God doesn't stop him and say, hold it, oh, wait, wait a minute, Jabez. Wait a minute. Don't you know that I am about you blessing others i'm about you you know it's not about you not about you you need you know he doesn't get stopped by god and in, in saying that as he's praying for a blessing he's he's actually encouraged in this as he's praying a blessing on himself and and when there comes blessing in many cases in scripture um, there is, or the blessing or the promise of blessing, um, there's a prerequisite for it. And, um, and that, that there's things that sometimes people, uh, there's a condition for it. Like when we look at the blessings that Jesus pronounced when he was uh, um, in, uh, pronounced and going through, um, you know, and teaching about uh, the Beatitudes, and he goes through and he, he gives a, a list of things that bless. And in the Greek, the word blessing there also adds to it like what the Hebrew word does, but also adds to the word joy and happiness. In fact, some translations actually use that and, and the, instead of saying blessed are, they'll say happy are. Like happy are the poor in spirit. And, and what, see, so poor in spirit is a prerequisite for, and theirs is the kingdom of heaven. At some point, someone has to have a poverty spirit. What do you mean by that? Does that mean like you just, woe is me? No, I'm not talking about your soul, I'm talking about your spirit. Well, your spirit is in fact, in des- un- you realize you're in desperate need of God. That you are, you're a beggar. You're a beggar, and God is the one with the bread. 
right? He's the bread of life. So at some point, so when you, the prerequisite is that you are a beggar in spirit. You need God and God alone. And the, what's the blessing? Well, the kingdom of God is yours, the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, right? Because they're going through the process, you know, of, of mourning through mourning over their sin. That's how you come to, you come with a sorrowed heart for your, because of your sin that you're guilty and you come to a gracious God, a comforter, and you receive the blessing of God's comfort. So you, you, you're blessed, blessed are the meek because why? They will inherit the earth. They're, they're, this is a future blessing that's coming to all of us, you know, if we are in that humble meek position before God. All of these are requirements. In fact, th- this is the process of salvation. It's a free gift from God, but this is the process of how we recognize that we're in need of God. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. What's the, what's the blessing? They'll be filled. Y- you'll get it, you see. And then blessed for the merciful, they receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in, pure in heart, for they shall see God. You see, these are, these are the prerequisites. What was the prerequisites for Jabez's blessing? Asking. Asking. All, all he had to do was ask. And, and because he asked, the reward was there for him. He says, oh, oh, that you would bless me, bless me. Bless me a lot, God. Bless me. Give me, just bless me. Here, here's a question I ask because... I'm just, spoiler alert, he gets his prayer answered, okay? But um, what if he would have not, what if he never prayed the prayer? What if he never prayed? What if he never asked God to bless him? What do you think the conclusion would be? I, I would suspect that he would have left this great blessing on the table. He, he would have never gotten what he what he received because he never asked for it. In other words, it was, God was ready to give him something, but he needed to ask. You have not because you ask not, the scripture says. And so because he chose to ask, he received what he received. And so let's translate that into our lives. I want to ask you this question. Have you ever or do you regularly ask God to bless you? Do you think that that might be too self-centered to ask that? Because I hear that kind of thing uh, taught at times. In fact, I, in, in my research of this, what I found both in books and uh, in messages that other people have given, I found a lot of people saying, kind of, kind of working around this thing to go, go listen, listen, you, ne- you don't really ask for yourself to be, you know, to be blessed. You know, you don't pray that way. You always pray for others. You don't pray. In fact, I've heard people say, I don't pray for myself. Kind of in a, this kind of tone. You know, I am so spiritual that I never ask prayer for, I never pray for myself. I only pray for others because, you know, that's, we just have to care more for others than ourselves. And, and I certainly understand the principle in Scripture and 
the heart of Jesus that he came to seek and to save that which was lost. Jesus came for others. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. He, he teaches us the value of caring and blessing others and caring about praying for others and all. But God is not opposed. In fact, I want to say that God actually, this is what God loves to do. He loves to dangle this carrot in front of us and see if we'll pursue. And he does not, although there is, there is a value in looking at, to an extent, our motives, I think it can be way overplayed. I believe that sometimes we, we're so cautious that our motives are just right, and I want to say, I don't really know my motives that well. Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I think I'm self-deceived in it. But what I do know is what God says in his word. And I know that God wants to bless. And I know that God hangs this blessing throughout the scripture. Throughout the scripture, he hangs out these great jewels for these treasures. And then he says, um, well, if you want that, then you do this. And he has these things that, that he asks us to do to get that. And I mean, the ultimate one, one is heaven itself, right? Okay, you want heaven? Well, you go through Jesus. You, you know, there's a way, salvation. Would you like heaven? Why does he do that? Why didn't he just say, listen, I'm God, you serve me. Why does he hang out these good things before us? Well, he knows us. He made us, and he's not opposed to doing that. I remember Andre Crouch, I love his music, but he had this one song, and, he was, and it was, if heaven was never offered to me, it's still been good serving the Lord. And I know what he was saying. Serving Jesus has been a wonderful life, even if heaven wasn't there for me. But Paul the Apostle differs with him. And says, if heaven isn't there, we ought to just eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we die. Let's, let's, let's face it, it's over. He, it's, Jesus, God send, gives these things that are wonderful for us to kind of pursue and to look for, offers in blessing promises of his goodness that are there. And it's not, it's not sin, and it's not even negative for us to want those things that God has put before us. Of course, you know, the caveat is, even though these promises are there, God is the ultimate promise. You know, he, he, he is, uh, listen, what's better than anything you can imagine in your desire uh, for whatever it might be you desire is God himself. And so when we pursue all these other things, we're pursuing lesser things than the ultimate thing that will bring the greatest satisfaction and the greatest joy into our lives. And that's God and our relationship with him itself. But these things are not that God says, listen, don't, don't, don't look to those. And Jabez is asking for himself and he's praying for himself. And he asks, he asks this, and enlarge my territory. In other words, he's saying, I want more. God bless me, 
and I want more. I have, I, I always want to be aware of and cautious of that there is um, some false teaching about, about materialism in scripture. Um, the idea that if you really serve Jesus, you will be rich and you'll be able to fly your new jet. And, and, and that is not, that, that isn't God's priority. But at the same time, I see people that would go, okay, that's just too far. And they swing the pendulum way over to the other side and they throw out the baby with the bathwater when God does offer blessings in all arenas of our life. And, and so instead of swinging the thing over, in my opinion, to also a, a lack of true understanding of Scripture, the truth is that God loves to bless and, and, it's, and the way he blesses, or he has his priority list, right? But he's still not opposed to blessing in every arena of our life. And Jabez is asking for a blessing in his own life, and what he's asking for is more. It's interesting that what he asked for is territory, expand my territory, now, he's probably a farmer. Understand that all the children of Israel, when they went into the promised land, their families were given an allotment of land. And they were to, to, to take care of that land and till that land and build their houses and all of that. But some people didn't do well in that. Some people, you know, squandered what they had and, and had to sell their land because they got in debt. They lost their land. It was supposed to be given back to the families every 50 years on the year of Jubilee. But they never, there's no record of Israel ever practicing the year of Jubilee. They never actually did it. And so it's one of the reasons they went into captivity for 70 years. But... It's very interesting that in that process, people lost their land. And it seems like either he lost all, they lost all his, the land or he has some land. Because he, he doesn't ask that he gets land, but he asks that it would, he would expand it. So maybe what he's asking for is, Lord, expand the land that was once ours. Give us our family inheritance back. Give us what we what was ours. And I can so relate to how that works in our lives because things get stolen from us. They get stolen. I'm not talking about somebody, you know, coming by and stealing, you know, something out of your house. I'm talking about real important things that get stolen from us. And the enemy steals things, things that were meant for us and were meant for our family and were meant for God's blessing in our life. And in, in stealing and the theft that happens to us, the enemy steals these things from us and we, we, we find ourselves limited and less than all that God had dreamed and, and, and desired for us and all that we would want in our life. It isn't what it could be and should be. And that's the blessing. That's what Jabez is praying for. That's what he's asking for. God, bless us. Bless me and expand my territory. 
Expand it, Lord. And the expanding of the territory is, well, it's more provision. It's, it's more authority because having that land get, gives authority as he would then have others who would be working and serving and, and more influence maybe in the gates of the city as a, you know, speaking with those who have political influence, more, more to have and more to give. That was part of it as well, that he would have more, that he would have more and he would be able to give more. And in those days, there was, uh, God had set up a, a pattern that uh, farmers, when they went and they would uh, reap from the land, they would leave the edges of the land unreaped so that those who were in poverty could come and they could glean from the edges that, that they had not reaped. That, that was one of the kind of social graces that they would give to, to those people who had who had need and, and provide for those who didn't weren't able to uh, to grow their own la- you know their own crops and so forth, and so um, more land meant more to give, and it meant more that more people could be provided for, and so even though his prayer is for himself, his prayer for himself is I want to bless other people too. Because if you haven't figured it out, that's one of the greatest ways of joy and blessing in your life is when you can help others. And so, and then he prays, as he's praying this, enlarge the territory, which we should be, let me tell you, God wants to enlarge our territory as well. And some of you, that territory has to do with provision and influence and authority and ministry God wants to give you more and uh, and I go back what if Jabez never prayed Lord bless me but he does and then he says this that your hand would be with me now let me tell you what the hand of the Lord means first of all it the hand of the Lord represents power it's the power of God the power is the hand of the Lord um, we've talked before in detail about seeking the hand of God and seeking the face of God. Of course, seeking the face of God is that relational intimacy one-on-one with God. But seeking the hand of God is seeking his, pow- his power. But he's also, he, it's, it's what the hand of God is, is the hand that leads. It's the hand that leads, you know. And you know, when you're a child or if you have children, um, that, that there are times, especially if I have kids and they're in a, you know, we're getting near the street, I'm always grabbing their hand. I want to guide them, direct them. I want to make sure they don't go running in the middle of the street. You do that, right? And you grab tight and they can't get away. That's one of the ways the hand of the Lord works. It's in guidance, it's in directing, it's in, in helping us, the hand of the Lord. But the hand of the Lord is also, you know, when you're in a ditch or you're falling down, the hand picks you up. And he's saying, Lord, I want to be blessed because I want your hand. Lord, I want, I, I, I pursue you because your hand would be with me. And that's what I need, God, in my life. I'm praying for that. And that you would keep me from evil, he says. Actually, that word there, some translations actually have keep me from harm. 
And I think both, both definitions are accurate. I think there's a reason that, that you have both here. You, you have him, you keep me from evil and keep me from harm. It, doesn't it remind you of a prayer that Jesus taught us to pray? Lord, lead us not into temptation. I want you to see that he's not saying, Lord, keep me through evil. You know, strengthen me so I can go through it. He's actually saying, Lord, I don't want to have nothing to do with it. I'm asking you to keep me. If evil's here, I want to go here. I want to go the opposite direction. Lord, would you make sure you see evil ahead of me, get me around it. I don't even want to go through temptation. I mean, I know I'm probably, you know, you're not going to escape it all. But God, lead me the other direction. Keep me away from evil. I am, Lord, I do not want to walk down the road of sin. Sin is devastating. Every single person in this room has experienced some pain in your life. The major problem in your life is a result of sin. Some, maybe you, your own sin, and if not, definitely someone else's sin. That's how it works. Sin brings devastation into our life in one direction or another, one reason or another, even, even in the absence of what good could have been. So he understands this, and he understands if he goes down the road of evil, he is going to bring heartbreak, devastation to others in his life. If he sins, others are going to pay the price. And so he says, he says that, that you would keep me from evil that, everybody say that, that I may not cause pain. Because when I sin, I cause pain in others. It's our sin. And if I walk through the right direction, I was reading about this, this, uh, this guy who, um, he was just asking God. It was, you know, th- this is kind of the pattern of his life. But he was just asking God. He was, he was traveling that day. I think he was um, in the airport or outside the airport. And uh, the story goes, he just said, God, would you le- lead someone to me that I could minister to? You know, just kind of confident God would do that. And he's in there and some guy comes and sits down next to him. And, and uh, so he says to him, he says, how can I help you? Which seemed like an odd question, but he's assuming God put him there so he could help him. Right? And the guy says, well, there's not really anything you could do to, to help me. Um, and uh, he says, well, are you sure? Because I... I I, I feel like I have something. How, how can I help you? And the guy, um, he kind of, you know, took this deep breath and he goes, well, I'm, I'm leaving my wife. Right now, I'm leaving my wife. I'm, 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 uh, I'm done. And they started a conversation. He said, we've been married for a short period of time. We've had nothing but conflict. I don't want, I'm out. She wants out. I want out. I'm leaving. This is the last time. So this Christian guy just starts sharing with them about life and, and forgiveness and the process of having a happy marriage and tells the story of his life. And, and so as he walks him through it, 
um, all of a sudden, you know, something changes in this guy, and he says, he says, well, I, I really, I really don't want to, um, you know. And so, in the process, he tells him what he can do to go back and talk to his wife, right? So, um, in the process, he's, um, you know, the they're early for the plane ride, and it's not far away. And the guy says. And, and the guy's gonna, he says, I'm going to go back and make it right with my wife. And he says this to him. He says, listen, when you get there, get on your knee and ask her to forgive you. Now, I don't know who's all responsible for it all, but he was telling him a biblical principle in responsing and de- dealing with this with his wife for forgiveness. And so he does. He, go, you know, he goes home. And, and he says, and if you can, let me know. Okay, well, in the time frame that they were gone, he, um, you know, is getting time for, his, uh, for him to, to get on the plane. And he was waiting. And he was the last, he was waiting. He was just waiting till they said, you got to get in, in the plane. It's the last time. And they gave the last notice, so he was getting in, and he looked out, and he could see from a distance the couple. They were holding hands, running, and this is what they were yelling. It worked! It worked! Because God's principles work. They work. And, uh, and so he was, he was helping them because he had been blessed. And if you, if you are pursuing the blessing of God, one of the advantages is that you will, in fact, be the one that will help others. Because you have to have your, you know, your, your field has to be larger so you can help more. And however that is, and I'm not just talking about provision financially, I'm talking about, listen, we need more love so we can help people with more love. We need more mercy so we can help people with mercy. We need more grace in our lives so we can help people. We need some, you know, we need more kindness. I mean, there's so many things that that falls under in our life. We just, and he says, Lord, I just need a lot. I need a lot. How many can you, you, you just say, I, I need a lot. I need a lot, God. I need a lot. I need blessing. I ask you, I need your blessing. I need a lot. Well, what happened to Jabez? We don't have much about the story, but this is what we know, that there was a city named after him. I guess he got what he prayed for. The Bible says, obviously, it ends that, ver- that verse ends with, so God granted him what he requested. In, in, in fact, it wasn't just any city. The city that was named after him is the city where the scribes and the, and the religious leaders, the... the um, the priests went to, to uh, learn. It was, that's where the university and training center was in that city. Because a guy asked, God bless me. I don't know how many times he prayed that prayer. I don't know if he prayed it many times after that. I don't know if he had prayed it before this particular time. He might have prayed it many times. I, I I know only by practice, only by um, pattern, I should say, 
It, it isn't de- always work this way, but by pattern, a lot of times when God answers a prayer, there's a process that goes on. In other words, it wasn't like he ended his prayer and all of a sudden someone came up and said, I'm giving you all this land. That might have happened. It probably wasn't. It probably was a process where the, the neighbor says, you know, I'm going to sell some land. Or somebody else, and he got some resources, and, and the land started to expand for him. And he started getting those things, and, and the, the, the blessing started to flow in his life. Because that's how it usually happens in a process that takes place over in his life. So he prayed that prayer, and that process began. And I don't know if he kept praying and asking, God bless me. I want more. But I know he did pray it. And, and God wasn't angry with him. In fact, God was happy. How do I know? He answered his prayer. See, in other words, what he prayed for was exactly what God wanted to give him, but he would not give it to him. Why wouldn't God just give it to him without him praying? I believe, because if he would have, he would have never given God the glory. And I know that because that's the way it works in our life. If, if we have these things and we don't know God, and God has blessed us. Everyone in, here, in this room has been blessed at, at, at in some, some, some area of your life you've been blessed by God. The Bible says that, you know, the sun falls on the just and the unjust. God, God gives us general blessings. All of us have that. And some give God credit and some don't. But if God wants the credit, actually, and he does, it's for our benefit that we recognize God blessed us, then the best way is that we pray and God responds. That's the best way it works, that we then live with a, a sense of gratitude because we have so much given to us by God. So would you like that? I think this tells us a little bit how to get there. Right? Don't be afraid. See, I don't, I don't believe there's anyone in this room. I would be very surprised if there's anyone in, in this room that if you prayed, God bless me, that you're, you would have ulterior motives that you wouldn't use it in any way to help other people. I believe everybody in here, if, when you're in the back of your mind, when you think, God bless me, that you would, whatever blessing God would give to you, you always cons- you consider other people. I'm not worried about that. I don't think God's worried about that. And I think that there's too much worry. Well, you know, don't ask for yourself. You're too worried that you're just going to consume it on your own, you know, filthy selfishness. But you have the Holy Spirit in you. You actually won't let that happen. He's changing you. You're already becoming more aware of the needs of others and loving other people. You're already becoming more loving and caring. So don't be afraid. God bless me. Expand, Lord. Expand, Lord, my territory. Enlarge it, Lord. 
that your hand would be with me, God. Keep me away from evil that I might not harm others. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Lord, if, if there's any here in this room, anyone here or watching online that has not said yes to you, invited you, Jesus, into their life, where the true blessings all begin, I pray that today would be their day. And if you're listening and saying, I need Jesus in my life, I'm going to ask you just to pray this. Just say, Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God that you died for my sins and that you were buried and you conquered death. I receive you as my savior. I ask you to come into my life, cleanse my soul, and help me to follow you from now on. I pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. God bless. Will you stand and worship with us? darkness run for cover but the miracle that I just can't get over my name is registered in heaven and I believe in signs and wonders and I have resurrection power yes I do still the miracle that I just can't get over my name Registered in heaven, well, my praise belongs to you forever. Oh, this is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. Come together, sons and daughters, and bought with blood and wash with water. Sing the praises of the Spirit, Son and Father. Our God will finish what He started. Yes, He will. Our God will finish what He started. This is my testimony from death to life. Cause grace rewrote my story I'll testify By Jesus Christ the righteous I'm justified This is my testimony This is my testimony oh, This is my testimony Complete. 
even if you still have breath in those lungs, God has a purpose and a plan for your life. If I'm not dead, then he's not done. Because oh. greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. And greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. If I'm not dead, then you're not done. Greater things are still to come. Oh, I believe. God bless you. Have a beautiful week this week. If you need prayer, we have prayer open for the side room. Oh, oh, oh. this is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony from death to life. Because grace rewrote my story. I'll testify by Jesus Christ the righteous. I'm justified. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. This is my testimony. 